Welcome to Disney Planning Insights. This is a replay of our DPI News and Notes show that we do every Tuesday over on Facebook. To see my smiling face, find us on Facebook at DPI Podcast or on YouTube at the Disney Planning Insights Podcast. Now enjoy this episode after a short ad from our friends at Anchor. Disney fans, uh, this is Matt. This is the DPI podcast, Disney Planning Insights. If you haven't been here before, and today is September the fourteenth, and um, Disney overloaded us with news this week, so we've got plenty to talk about. Um, and on top of that, we've got our friend Peter from Princesses and the Mouse Disney Travel with us tonight because we're going to be talking about some deals um, that are coming up in December. We're going to talk about some new um, ticketed events that you can go to. So. Brought him on so he, we can get the travel agent side and just have some general banner about what's going on around the parks. Because, you know, one of his favorite things at the parks is coming back, even though we thought it was dead at 9 o'clock this morning. And something I've been waiting on for over a year is finally coming to fruition. So... Um, stick with us today. We got, we got a lot to talk about. So, um, without further, without further talking, let's get Peter on with Princesses and the Mouse Disney Travel. (music) 
Hey, Peter, how you doing tonight? Hello? <laughs> it's been a while. Do you know how to uh, use Do you know how to use like. your computer? You what? So, do you know how to use your computer? It's been a while. Where's a Where's a button to join this thing? <laughs> so, man, been been a while. How's the How's the golf team doing? Uh, pretty well. We're going into uh, just finished up my last JV match this week, and so now we're headed towards uh, championship season. So stay tuned. I'll let you know in a few weeks how that all goes. We got sectionals next week. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so like I said in the open, um, you were able to hear me. Lots of stuff from the parks. Um, this has yeah. probably been the biggest news day we've gotten since like the announcement of the park pass reservations. Yeah, it's really weird because normally Disney waits until Wednesday morning after we've done this show to announce everything. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, Matt sent me his notes for today's show, and then, I don't know, what, about 4, 5 o'clock, somewhere in there, 4.30. Big news, big news. We finally got, like, this is what Matt's been waiting for over a year. <laughs> Space 220. It's sort of like, we knew it was opening, we knew it was opening, we knew it was opening. It's only a week away from when it's supposed to open. And it's just like, where's the menu? Where's the reservation? Where's the menu? Where's the reservation? All of that, all of that released a couple of hours ago. So I'm sure that's the first thing that Matt wants to talk about today, guaranteed. <laughs> and then, yes, yes, I mean, there's some other news as well. So, so, so let's go ahead and just jump into Space 220. So Space 220 is the new restaurant over at Epcot. It's going to be over by Mission Space. Um, and it was originally slated to open in March of last year. Um, so f- it's been in the works for a long, long time. Um, we finally got word a couple weeks ago that, hey, it is opening on September the 20th. And we just we've been playing a waiting game on... The menu, the pricing, when reservations are going to be open, all these things. We got all of it today. Um, So menu, if you go on Twitter and look up Scott Gustin on Twitter, he's got the menu link um, to actually the Patina Group website. So it's actually a little bit cleaner menu than what you would find on the, the Disney website. But it is going to be another prefix pricing menu which sucks <laughs> um Honestly, go so, ahead just to hit sorry not to interject but uh yeah but like you look at what you get for it i'm i'm pretty excited in fact jesse and i were just going back and forth on whether or not we just go for lunch just go for dinner or go for both really and here here's the thing when you look at when you look at the lunch menu and the dinner menu, there's a couple of changes in the entrees, yep. and you don't get a dessert. Correct. That's Which is also why it's twenty four dollars cheaper. Exactly. Exactly. So you lose one of the big steak options. You lose your desserts. That that's yeah, a, and a, no, a whole bunch of the dishes change because even like some of the fish dishes, like that that salmon dish, goes away and gets replaced by one that seems a little bit easier to easier and maybe even cheaper to cook. Um, yeah. yeah, you like bringing a burger in the lunch menu. Um, yeah, there, 
there are quite a few changes. Like even the steak, instead of being like a fillet, goes to a flat iron. You know. Yeah. But you know, here your pricing. You're talking about seventy nine dollars per adult for dinner, fifty five dollars per adult for lunch, and then kids, whether it's lunch or dinner, and that's nine and under. $29 for kids at lunch or dinner. Right. Um, what I'm really excited about is the drink menu. The drink menu looks fantastic. Um, it, it has a little bit of that Oga's flair to it, it seems like, um, which makes sense. But, you know, when I when I looked at the menu, that was kind of what jumped out at me was, was some of the drink uh, combinations that they had. Yeah, I'm... Uh... I'm going to have to talk my wife out of that $20 enhancement of the lobster stuffed with crab. <laughs> so, well, there's a, there's a 24 ounce steak enhancement too. Who's oh, going yeah, uh, to eat a 24 ounce steak on top of one of those meals? Yeah. I just, <clears throat> so just to kind of talk about Matt mentioned where to get the menu. The, uh, the, so you get an appetizer, an entree and a dessert, which for $80, that's that's on like on course with everything else that's you know going around at Disney. That's uh, on course with Cali Grill and right. your upper end. I mean, it's this has got to be an upper end restaurant, is what it what it has to be. Well, it is right because <clears throat> I'm going to spend sixty five to go to Cinderella's Royal Table, and I'm gonna and there I'm gonna get similar. You know, but but when characters come back, you get characters. And yeah, I but here you know, I get a unique view. I mean, it's supposed to feel like I'm yeah. on a space station. Or I, guess, I guess, but right? I mean. I don't know. Here's what I can tell you, Matt. I 100% am so, Okay, so first of all, the details. It opens the 20th. It is walk up only from the 20th through the 26th. And then reservations open the 20th. And reservations begin the 27th. Correct. So I absolutely 100% am going to be on, and I am probably going to book a lunch and a dinner. I don't know if I'll end up keeping both, but I'm definitely going to book a lunch and a dinner for when I'm down there in October. And I don't know, man, maybe we'll do a Facebook Live, or <clears throat> maybe as soon as I get back, I'll take all the footage I can, or whatever they'll permit, and, and we can talk about it. I just, I'm I'm fully on board. The prices came out, and I wasn't shocked by them. If anything, I was like, okay, that makes sense because I'm getting an appetizer, a heck of an entree because these are like gourmet salmon, gourmet snapper. Yes, fillets. it's between a group, so it, it's it, right. It, it should be it should be <clears throat> relatively high end. Right. Um, I just for me at Epcot. I don't know if it fit a hole at Epcot with this restaurant. When you think yeah, maybe, the, maybe the, wait till Guardians of the Galaxy opens up, and so sort of Future World gets its new yeah vision. yeah. So now, like, if you consider, okay, we've got Guardians of the Galaxy, we've got Mission Space. Does Space Two Twenty fit into there once they kind of get the new, the new theming over, and all? Sure, I, I get what you're saying, but where else would it go? Yeah, it, well, I mean, and that's the thing. It's not the the restaurant concept isn't going to go anywhere else. The menu 
kind of threw me off when the menu was released. I figured it would be more like a skipper canteen meets space where you have some exotic dishes with a space theming and not necessarily high-end dishes that, you know, you're, you're looking at a gourmet restaurant now that may, may be off-putting to some that are looking for maybe a little bit of reprieve from every place you go in Epcot seems to be a little bit more expensive now. Sure. So. Yeah, I I just think, you know, and I get what you're saying. I, it'll be interesting to sit down and see the food because exactly like you said, I'm kind of, I was always imagining – you know, like like Galaxy's Edge, if we talk about, you know, Docking Bay 7. Okay, Docking Bay 7 did that with their food. They sort of made it look otherworldly. You're, you're basically getting chicken and mac and cheese, but it doesn't look like any chicken finger you've ever gotten before in your life. Exactly. And the mac and cheese uses unique noodles that now are all over the place just because everybody loves those noodles that you can get at Docking Bay 7. But I don't think that was the goal of this restaurant. And maybe maybe I was interpreting the approach differently than you were. But I always thought of it as a fine dining experience in a unique setting. Sort Which is of what like, it's going to be. Yeah, yeah with the, sort of like Coral Reef. Let's talk about Coral Reef, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also yeah, yeah. in Epcot. It's a fine dining experience in a unique setting. You're sitting in front of a gigantic aquarium. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, it it may not be as off as I think it is. You know, I'm going to be right there with you on the 20th um, booking for my trip. So, you know, we're both both going to take advantage of that. I don't know if we're going to do lunch or dinner yet because... We actually got a Beaches and Cream, so... No, no, no. I got a Beaches <laughs> so, and Cream at noon. So we're going to be walking to Beaches and Cream at about 6, 6.35 to get some uh, get some ice cream. But, uh, no, we're going to okay. figure it out. Um, Wait until and, you see the picture of this kitchen sink that my family's going to destroy. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So let's move away from Space 220. Um, let's talk about the other restaurant that got announced today. And that is Steakhouse 71, um, the old Wave restaurant. And menu came out, and it is very similar to what you would find at Disneyland Hotel at the old Steakhouse 55. Um, great steak menu, great drink menu, very good dessert menu. Um, Going to be a really good menu um, for that restaurant. And really gives the contemporary two high-end steakhouses... Um, within walking distance of Magic Kingdom now. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm glad you brought up the Steakhouse 55 because that's what Steakhouse 71 is designed after. 55 being the year that Disneyland opened and 71 being the year Magic Kingdom opened. And uh, back to the whole drink menu, that is one thing that you mentioned on Space 220 that I like. I guess... When you go to restaurant after restaurant after restaurant at Disney World, you sort of get bored with the cocktails, right? Yeah. Because it's like everything's Magical Star cocktail. Everything's, you know, like, oh, there's that one with the glow cube. Oh, there's that one with the glow cube. Oh, there's that one without the glow cube. It's like you just sort of see the same thing over and over again. And now with Ogas 
and Space 220 and even Steakhouse 71, you're seeing unique cocktails that don't show up everywhere. So it, I know it's not all or nothing or this isn't something that would sort of like draw me to a restaurant, but it is nice to see some variety away from, well, here's the magical star. Here's the light year punch. There's, you know, yeah, all yeah. of that stuff. Well, and, and the nice thing, you know, going back to Space 220 is Space 220 is going to have a lounge as well. That's um, going to be a walk up. So you can go into the lounge and get, they have a, a, a very short appetizer menu, and then they have the full drink menu in the lounge. So it, another option that you're going to have there, not just getting a full-fledged lunch or dinner reservation there. So, you know, if you're just looking to try drinks around the parks, this gives you an option to go into Space 220 and try one of those, you know, exotic, exotic cocktails um, that it's going to offer. The one, um, the one kind of pushback because I normally I'm, I feel like you're normally the pushback guy. So I am going to give one pushback to Steakhouse Seventy One, and it's that I'm going to really miss the wait because I just like you go to Contemporary and now I feel like Steakhouse Seventy One and California Grill, like there was the wave and there was. Sorry, there was the wave, and there was California Grill, yeah. and now I feel like we've got Steakhouse Seventy One and California Grill. But the nice thing about Steakhouse Seventy One is it's going to retain a lot of the wave breakfast, which I think was a lot of the charm about the wave. You know, lunch and dinner at the wave, eh, I was take it or leave it with with that. But the breakfast was really good, especially if you were staying on the monorail loop or going to Magic Kingdom in the morning. It was a great place that you could normally get a reservation. It had a really, really good breakfast, including a buffet if you wanted that. Um, and, and just, it was a good start to a Magic Kingdom day. Um, and I'm glad to see that a lot of that was retained with the redesign to Steakhouse 71. So a lot of those favorites did make the cut for breakfast at Steakhouse 71. Well, you pretty much have to, right? Because otherwise, resort guests at Contemporary basically didn't have a breakfast option. Unless, unless they, they wanted to go to Chef, Chef, Mickey's yeah, Chef, Chef Mickey's. I'm not going to go to Chef Mickey's every morning. <laughs> oh, look. There's Mickey Mouse again for day six. That's okay. You get, the, you, you get the elevator that goes, first floor, and, and everything <laughs> like that. I mean... It's it's awesome. It's oh, awesome. the price tag though. Yeah, again, here we, here we go with you know how long is it until Chef Mickey's becomes the incredible steakhouse or whatever, and they they completely retheme that, and you have one less Fab Five um, character meal. California <laughs> Grill is going to become Jack Darling's Steakhouse. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it, it's going to happen. Okay, restaurants. I think we're done with restaurants, restaurants, restaurants. Yeah, no more restaurants. Let's go to um, something more food-related, though. Um, dessert parties. So five dessert parties were announced today. Um, three at the Magic Kingdom, two at Epcot. Um, so really, it was five at the Magic Kingdom, but three of them are the exact same. Just it depends on the time you get to go into Tomorrowland Terrace. They're also the same as what they were before the shutdown, if we're being completely honest with the viewership. They, they pretty much are. The yeah, they're you a get desserts ahead of time or desserts after and a hubgrass spot. Yeah. 
or right. you get sit down and eat desserts while the fireworks are going. Like exactly. It's the exact same as it was before. Um, and then you also, they, they're continuing the dessert cruise through the 50th. Um, so that's going to be out in the Seven Seas Lagoon. You get to go out, have desserts, be on a boat, watch Enchanted from the boat. And then the um, the other one is... Just say Enchanted. Enchanted. Enchantment. Enchantment. Enchanted. It's Enchantment. Okay, whatever. Um, it's Disney's man. Enchanted. What? It's Enchanted. Enchantment. I think you got oh, to look it up. Now we're looking <laughs> it up. <laughs> Enchanted is the movie. I'm looking it up too. Yeah. We're going to so, sell this right here on live TV. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is great. Okay. So, um, the other thing that you're going to get enchantment. Is, okay. Enchantment. Yeah. I looked it up. <laughs> the other thing is the Cali grill is going to have California grill is going to have what they're calling a celebration from the top. And it's going to be more of like a, a high end appetizers, desserts, coffees, drinks, and then watch the fireworks from the observation deck. Now, I'm interested to see if they are going to take away the ability for people that have dinner reservations at California Grill to come back to the observation deck and watch the fireworks there. That's always been a perk of eating at California Grill. No matter when you had dinner, you could come back and watch the fireworks from that, um, that observation deck on the 15th floor. I think this is going to take that away because they're probably going to have the stuff set up out there. And I think it's going to be a standalone event where they're still having dining reservations. And they're going to have whatever their special event is that they haven't announced yet for the 50th. Yeah, because they also don't they have a like a the terrace is a pretty good size out there. Yeah. And they already run, um, they were already running this. And on those nights when they were shutting down for that special event, people who had dinner reservations had the ability to view, but it was like just the step out balcony, not the actual terrace out to the side of the restaurant. Um, So maybe something like that, where you could get access to just the balcony, but not the actual terrace area. Uh, but you're, you're probably right. This probably does mean that the only way you see fireworks from California Grill is if you have the 830 reservation or are, have purchased tickets to this event. And I think that 830 reservation, like I said, I think that 830 reservation goes away because they still have something in the works that they haven't announced yet for the 50th. As far as oh, yeah, that special dining package. Yeah, the dining package. Yeah. So that that hasn't even been announced. Um, so moving over to Epcot, two restaurants are going to offer special meal and fireworks packages, and those are going to be the Rose and Crown in the United Kingdom section and Spice Road Table back in the Morocco section. They are going to have specialty menus um, for the event. It's basically going to be a, you know. Probably a, a, a pricks-free prefix menu again. Um, appetizer, entree, dessert, and then you have um, one of their seating sections for the fireworks for Harmonious. I got that one right. It's okay. Great work. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm, I'm batting 500 tonight. So hey, that would make you one of the best in the league. Actually, make you the best in the league. It would. It would. Um, so yeah, so a lot of things going on with the fireworks and everything coming out October 1st. Um, that was the other thing with Steakhouse 71 opens on October 1st. Reservations are going to open on September the 16th, which is going to be Thursday. And for you that fly Southwest, that's also when they open up their booking window through April 24th. Um, so if you have a spring break trip planned, Southwest opens up um, for spring break on Thursday as well. So um, let's that's go. Thursday. Man, that's coming up. Okay. Yeah. Let's I'm go over to Port Orleans Riverside. Uh, a fan favorite's coming back over to Port Orleans. We got the chance to actually see him live when he was up here at the Indie Disney Meet. And that's Yeehaw Bob Jackson is going to be back at Port Orleans playing the piano, talking about his hair, and just having fun with, you know, the visitors and everybody that's around because just a just a good guy um got let go when COVID happened there was a lot of talk that he wasn't going to get brought back um there's been quite a lot of uproar about it and he got um the call last week that he will be back um at Port Orleans when it opens next month next month so yeah uh, this it opens, yeah. It opens in October um Looking into 2022, tickets for D23 um, are going to be coming up. They announced the dates for September 9th through 11th at the Anaheim Convention Center, um, and that's going to be in 2022. And tickets are going to go on sale on January the 20th of next year. So if um, you are one of those people that loves Disney enough to pay outrageous prices to hear Disney people talk about what's coming to Disney parks, go for it. I was talking to you, Peter, because I think you're one of those people. <laughs> no, I like paying outrageous prices to go to Disney. Oh, okay. All right. I then talk about Disney for free. Uh, Enchant <laughs> Enchantment. I, I even had it written here. I don't know why I couldn't even. You are just such a Cinderella fan <laughs> that you wanted to talk about Disney Enchanted, which was New York Cinderella. All right. So Enchantment, um, they release, Disney released a preview of the song made for Enchantment, You Are the Magic. Um, yes, I am, Disney. Yes, I am. Over on the Disney Parks blog, you can check out the YouTube video. Kind of cool. Sounds really cool. A um, couple of new voices. You know, we're used to Happily Ever After and, and the voices, the Jordan Fisher and that that choir and all that kind of stuff. Um, new voices, but really cool. Um Check that out. Excited for Enchantment. Um, I tried to do it again. <laughs> Here is back to the dessert parties. Go for I'm it. Disappointed that the Frozen Ever After dessert party did not get reannounced in this. So, I would like to talk. To you. I'm, gonna I'm wondering if they're going to hold off on that and they're going to use that as the corporate space for a while. Because they started booking corporate parties for Hori or for Harmonious Horizons. Holy hell, where am I going with this tonight? Harmonious. They started booking corporate packages for October six months ago. Mm -hmm. So there was really like no choice for them but to have Harmonious up and going October 1st. 
because they've been they've been selling these packages for a long time and i'm wondering if they're going to use that space because the space that was used for frozen ever after was either out in front of norway or above the ride system in the norway complex Mm -hmm. um i wonder if they're going to be using that for corporate events you got to figure they've got a ton of corporations just beating down the doors to get in so they're going to need they're going to need all that space they're going to be using the festival pavilion they're going to be using anything that they can put people in I am looking forward to the so the Rose and Crown one is one that they they were already doing that before the shutdown as well. So pretty much with all these dining these dessert and firework packages, they pretty much is bringing back the ones that were there already in place um, before. Although the Rose and Crown one is more of a dining experience now, and before it was just a like a VIP viewing area and not this whole. It, you're exactly right. It's appetizer, entree, dessert, um, unlimited beverages. That is important to know about yeah. the Rose and Crown one. So at a price tag of $90, I can drink that much snake bite. <laughs> anyway, All right. Um, let's, go, let's go across the country over to Disneyland. Disneyland Marius Nights has been announced. Um, basically that's the very merry of the West coast and it's going to be five nights, um, throughout November and December. So it's November 11th, November 16th, November 30th, December the 7th and December the 9th. Um, what they're going to be having is six separate holiday parties, unlimited photo pass downloads, and it's $165 per person. And the tickets go on sale today for those five dates. Here's the, so back onto just the whole topic of parties, the, the boo, whatever they're calling, what's, what is Disneyland calling theirs? It's Uh, still Oogie Boogie, isn't it? That's it. Yeah. So, uh, that one started and, uh, yeah, Disney world is getting pants by Disneyland on, on this Halloween party from, Everything boobash that I've seen versus the Oogie Boogie. Yeah. Just, I mean, I'm still glad I have tickets. Alone. I'm, I'm still glad I have tickets. But, yeah, the the characters and, and the parade and just whatever. I'm going to go get my Mars donated candy. <laughs> and... I don't know if people in California even eat candy, dude. Right. Well, that's why. That's why they can pay for the characters, because they don't need to buy, you know, a pillow sack worth of candy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Disney is getting pants. World is getting pants by land when it comes to Halloween. Um, I think Christmas World kind of brings it back a little bit, because they are going to have standalone fireworks. They are going to have a standalone parade. Um, we'll see how characters go. I still don't think we're going to see any meet and greets until you don't have a six foot distance. I mean, it's, we're still a ways away from like full blown meet and greets and face characters at dining character meals. I, it, don't worry. The Met Gala can happen just fine. Yeah. 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 No masks unless you were, you know, feeding the rich. 
Um, all right, talking about more Christmas. Um, so this note started at Disney planning to bring on bring back Candlelight Processional at Epcot. It was actually announced today that it is coming back full fledged um, on November twenty sixth with Festival of the Holidays. That's um, very exciting. That is just such an amazing show. It is. It is. It really and, um, I'm glad to see it back. Um, the one thing that they did say is it is going to be um, only the Disney cast choir, and they aren't going to be bringing in local high schools, colleges, um, community choirs, just because of the uh, vaccine requirements that they have in place for their staff. Um, so it's just going to be the cast choir this year, which is fine. Yeah, it'll still be amazing. But all of that does make sense that you wouldn't want to bring in this group for days and this group for days and this group for days. And just that does make sense. A um, couple of new holiday deals um, for staying at Walt Disney World. Really kind of short windows, but it's going to be Florida residents and visa, Disney Visa card holders get up to 20%. Annual pass holders get up to 25%. And that short window is the couple of weeks before Christmas, December 12th through the 24th. Um, so if you are planning to take some time off before Christmas and go down to Disney, um, rebook your trip and get a discount. Yes. Do that. Or just book through us and we can get you the discount. We'll give, we'll give you the friends and family Disney Visa card code as well. So Yeah, there you go. It works out both ways. We got them. Um, and then we'll end with probably the best news for you, Mr. Salvadori. Space 220. Finding Nemo the Musical, um, as of this morning, was officially closed. Why is that good news for me? I am a bigger fan of Finding Nemo the musical than I am a Festival of Lions. I know you are, but it's been announced that it's coming back. Reimagined in 2022. And they're keeping the Crush song and the Big Blue World song. Well, they have to keep, first of all, they have to keep the Big Blue World song. Because otherwise the ride in Epcot needs to be redone. Yeah, it doesn't even make sense. It, right. If you ride the ride in Epcot before seeing the Finding Nemo musical show, you'd be like, where the hell is this Big Blue World song coming from? And then you go to Finding Nemo musical and you go, oh, that's where it's coming from. <laughs> in the Big Blue. <laughs> uh, I, I'm wondering what that redesign looks like. Because there is a lot of speculation that they are going to tear down that theater pretty much immediately. So here's here's what's going on behind the scenes. Over by the mouse coaster. Primary the, um, time, yeah, that's it. Uh, so there, they have put in for a general construction permit which is unique because when they normally do refurbishments, they don't put that type of permit in. Yeah. They put in a different one. And so the permit that they put in is when they do demolitions and new construction. And so you've already got this going on. Like we know that that's, that area is under redesign. And now they've just said, hey, we're not going to bring back Finding Nemo the Musical yet. And we know we will eventually with a redesign. 
But I'm wondering if that whole theater is going to get I don't, either demolished or whatever. I, I just don't know. I'm waiting to see. I almost am expecting in the next few months to find out that a new land is either a massive expansion to Dino Land or a completely new land in between Africa and Dino Land where that uh, area is. Yeah, like rip all those games out, rip out that area to the right of Finding Nemo. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm wondering if that's the reason why it's not coming back because you can be really quick and be like, well, it's not coming back because they'd have to rehire all the actors and go through all the training and yeah, I just don't think they want you over on that side of the park right now because I think there's bigger things going on. Yeah, and, and here was my initial thought is, you know, will they use the area to create a new land? Yes. With with them bringing it back in 2022, does, it, does that show Jump Parks? Because I think it fits better at Hollywood Studios in the little mermaid building that they need to redesign or redo that show anyway. Yeah, that's, that's the thing that I wonder it, when they say it's coming back, does that mean it's coming back into that building in animal kingdom? Cause I, I don't think, I don't think that's the case. I don't either. I think if it goes anywhere, it's going to get a new building built or it's going to, like you said, maybe re maybe repurpose a building that, you know, is, is maybe I'm trying to think of other buildings that, that might not be used right now. Um, what's across from uh, Stitch's Great Escape? Uh, nothing. I know it was Stitch's Great Escape. Stitch's Great Escape. You're thinking but, about what's but, across from Monst- the Monster. Monster yeah, Wap so where Stitch's Great Escape, where the old Alien ride was, that would make sense to put it there also. Because right now, that was just being used as a Stitch meet and greet because the Stitch show had been shut down. But I don't think it fits in Tomorrowland. Well, I'm not saying it fits in Tomorrowland. Yeah, I, I think, it, I think it would fit better with that Disney Junior area. It would. It would. But the Little Mermaid show, they just need a redesign on it. That's not a bad show. I also think that that theater is too small for the crowds that the Nemo musical brings. Yeah. Because the crowds that the Nemo musical brings fill that massive theater. Now, here, here's an idea. What about this? What about them repurposing or doubling so that, you know, one hour it's this show, the next hour it's this show because with backdrops and, and quick set moving – how quickly could you flip either the Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular or the Beauty and the Beast stage to flip shows back and forth and basically be queuing up the Finding Nemo one while the Beauty and the Beast one's finishing? Um, that'd probably be a logistic. I was going to say, stunt, the, the, the Stunt Spectacular, probably not, but maybe the Beauty and the Beast stage. Yeah. Um, I just don't. I think that building's going to get ripped down because they're already. There's just so much land right there that is incredibly underutilized. Yeah, yeah. I, right, right now, it's a pretty dead piece of the park. I mean, you've got the little the little roller coaster there. Um, you have the 
dinosaur version of Dumbo there. You have some carnival games, and you have basically, what, a little crawl area? And that's about it. Yeah. I just... That whole area, and we already know that the mouse coaster is gone. So if that's gone, and... Yeah, I, I think that Nemo building gets gutted, and I think here soon we're going to find out, like, oh, this is this is going to be a completely new land. Now, the question is, like, what the heck would it be? I, I think I think the front runner is Zootopia. Oh, my God, that is. You're absolutely, that would be, that would be remarkable. Yeah, I, I think, you know, when, when you look at some of the, kind of the commentary boards, I think that's the first thing that jumps out. There's a lot of people that don't think it fits really well, even though it's just, it's animals, that it wouldn't fit real well into that. But I think, I think that's one of the best things you could go. Um, you know, and the other thing is, I don't know, the expansion of Dino Land is intriguing as well, you know, but what do you put in there? If you're going to put in another ride or if you're going to put in something else back there, what else do you put back there that is dino themed that is Disney? Yeah. Right. I mean, really the only other Disney dino movie you have is the good dinosaur. Yeah. And I, I don't think it doesn't translate well to a park. Yeah. I'm actually surprised that, uh, well, I'm surprised Dino Land is still kind of there because it's just kind of meh. But I think I think when you were looking at like the the thought behind Animal Kingdom, it yeah. was you know it was animals from previous times, animals from current times, animals from the future, and you get that you get a little bit of that. You considering Pandora animals from the future? Oh well, yeah, I mean, basically your your imagination stuff. You know, your dragons, and I think that's where your Ekron fit in. If you look at that front entrance of Animal Kingdom, so yeah, and that, and I I'm fine with Dino Land. I'm not saying it that way. In yeah. fact, I really hope Dino Dig reopens because I loved grabbing a drink and just sitting down and letting my kids go run around for a little bit while I rest. You know, I don't. I just feel like there's a new land coming, and we'll we'll have to see what it is. But I bet you it gets announced at D23 next year. Yeah, between but between this like vague oh Finding Nemo's not coming back, but it is coming back. Like okay, so it's not coming back to the same spot. Otherwise, you'd be like, it's coming back this time. It was basically confirmed by actors that were in the show through tweets that the show was done. Right. And then all of a sudden this afternoon, it was like, oh, no, we're just reimagining it, and it's coming back. So, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Because there's no reason to reimagine that show, because that show is already just absolutely fantastic. So it's got to be reimagining where and who puts it on. So, right. all right. Um, that's everything that I've got. Do you have anything that you're kind of watching around the parks? I can't believe we got through all of that because with the news we got this afternoon, I was like, well, that's going to be the whole show. <laughs> We're just going to sit on space 220 all day. I mean, we should. I think that's, I think that's kind of what we've been uh, waiting for for weeks now. So it was just, it was nice to get, um, 
And I think for clients that we've got going, it's something that clients are going to appreciate that hopefully we can get for them next Monday. But um, yeah. And uh, annual passes are back under sale. That's why. Uh, so 7 a.m. phone lines open. I'm in line. I called a week ahead of time to say, hey, I'm coming in there in October. I already bought my tickets, but I want annual passes. Are you going to be able to refund me the money and give me annual passes? I was told, yes, call this number on the day and you will be able to get your annual passes and we will refund those tickets to you. I said, perfect, sounds great. So I call at 7 a.m., I get in the line. The lady picks up, tells me, no, you need to wait until you get here and go do it at guest services. I say, no, I was told that you guys would refund the tickets if I called this number. She goes, well, I'm just the overflow queue. Let me get you over to the actual pass holder line. It's only a five-minute wait, so you should be fine. 45 minutes later, my call drops. <laughs> and now, because it's 7 a.m., now it's 7.50, so I can't call back because school starts in a little bit. So then I try to call back after school, and I get the do-do-do, all circuits are busy, do-do-do, all circuits are busy. <laughs> so I call the DVC member services, and I say, please help me. I am just beside myself. I even did my due diligence a week ahead of time. I made sure that this was going to happen. I called the number, and this is what I'm told this morning. And the lady goes, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm showing that you want to go. And what you actually want to do, I said, I need to switch to annual passes because there's three days on my October trip that I don't have a park reservation. I want to make park reservations if I have annual passes. But there are three days on my trip where I don't have park passes and I don't want to wait till I get there at the risk that the park passes will be sold out, right? That they'll be full. Yeah. Because it's full of break. And she goes away for a little bit and comes back and goes, actually, what you're going to want to do to avoid any difficulty is to actually go on your last day and get annual passes. I'm like, did you not listen to what I just said? <laughs> I want to add my park dates. If I go my last day... Oh, my goodness. So I haven't called Disney back. <laughs> I, D- Disney and I are taking a week off right now. But for everybody else that isn't in my predicament of being DVC and have already purchased tickets, go get your annual passes if you want them because the call lines have died down a little bit. There were horror stories of six-hour wait times and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. But it seems like that has mostly subsided. And you can get through in a relatively decent amount of time and get those annual passes purchased. Yeah, it, w- it was bad. The name's not Peter Salvadori because <laughs> Disney just does not want my money. It, it was it was it was bad that the, the the first couple of days they had gone on sale, but nothing compared to that park reservation day. No, I called the Disney line. I I, I figured out that an iPhone can only hold three hundred calls in its most recent calls before it just, you lose all your other numbers from recent calls. That's amazing. Good for you. So, so So anyway, no, I have nothing else other than a mild vent session because that whole, I was on and I was right through and I was so happy and I was explaining the situation and I was going to have my sorcerer passes and I was just 
imagining in my mind, okay, Peter, here's your balance due. Fantastic, you have annual passes now. Go make those park reservations, buddy. No. I got told, I know you've been waiting since last year. I know people last week told you this would be the case, but no. Couldn't believe it. So then I'm like, please, can I, can I buy these? And they go, well, it looks like there is a team that can do it, but they'll call you back. So let me fill out the form for you. Okay, when are they going to call me back? Um, it looks like the current processing time is 21 to 24 days. Well, hell, it's going to be October 10th by then. <laughs> that doesn't help me. Uh, All right. Well, <laughs> Peter, thanks for coming on tonight. I'm going to go ahead and uh, get to the closing screen so we can get out of here. All right. Bye, everybody. Actually had a guest this week. Um, Peter Salvador from Princesses of the Mouse Disney Travel joined us. If you are looking to book your trip at PATM Disney Travel over on podcast and check us out over on youtube the youtube channel everybody for watching listening everything that you do um to help support the channel you guys everybody have a good week and we will see you next